Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. Okay, I just quickly came home from work and I was uh, chugging a four local pregame while the um, intro music was playing. So my my day was okay. Just you know, um, I'm very happy to like talk to a human and change into something pretty after I've been like wrangling dogs for a day. You know. Well, I decided to. Uh... I didn't decide. My my wife got it for me, but, so I'm having some uh, old smoky, salty caramel whiskey. This is actually incredibly good. Um, it's it's a little bit hard more... to see you and hear you. I'm not sure if it's a, if if it's a problem only on my end or if you're getting the same from me. It is going to be a problem for about the next ten minutes on my. It's it's coming on my end. Okay. Um, I'm running way behind on getting some videos up. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had we've had some storms here today. I've had a couple power blinks, um, so I've got I've got an episode of this week's this week's episode of Counterflow with Buck Johnson is currently finishing up uploading and processing. So it's got about ten minutes to go. I was hoping it would be done like two hours ago. And, uh, the day has not worked out in my favor. I'm sorry. So you and I we both edit clips now. Although I mean, you're like the master clip editor. I, I I'm only doing a, like a fraction of what you do. So who all are you doing clips for? So um, so like I do clips for the Free State Live show, which is you know the Free State Project show. I do. I clip for two shows for Carla, for Carla Garricky. She does a show called Man, Man, Manch Talk and the Carla Garricky Show. And then I also clip videos for Jeremy Kaufman's Senate campaign, which is basically like 
any podcast that he goes to, I, you know, clip relevant bits from that episode. So I only do four. I don't know how you do all that you do. And hello, Mark. Hey, how's it going? It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, and I cheer you with a blight. There we go. I got milk. Nice. Way healthier. Um, I'm going to go whiskey as usual, so. Justin, you told all me right. I could show up at 9 o'clock, and I get into the, the message, and you're like, get in here, and it's 8.31. You were worse than a woman. Are you doing anything else? Like, <laughs> I know you're not busy. Maybe I was busy. You don't know my life. Mm, but don't I? All right, so let's... Uh, something, maybe. Let's see. Let me close out all the uh, private chats because I know Mark gets real offended when I open stuff up with our private chats open. I'm going to pull up the the tweet that kind of uh, spurred what the conversation will revolve around tonight. But can everybody see it? Yes. Oh, hey, it's me. You are the focal point of the reason we're doing this. So obviously you take top bid as a gift. So Masha says the people who write about both sides being equally bad, evil, whatever. I wonder where in America they lived and how much of the global homo biofascism affected their lives. And then the reply, which is kind of what triggered this, says that depends on what you mean by both sides. If you mean both parties, they aren't just equally bad. They're all the same team striving for the exact same bad. It's all theater, pro wrestling, good cop, bad cop. And every time I see something like that, it just makes me cringe. Like, I've lived in blue parts of the country. And they are not, they're not striving for the same thing uh, the right might ultimately end up going there but that's because they like balls not because that's actually their goal let's kind of start with um, not necessarily our political journeys but sort of what would you say is your political affiliation at this point in your in your journey go ahead Masha <sighs> I'm tempted to just say anarcho-autist in order to not take this question seriously. Um, well, on Twitter, I'm an anarcho-autist. Um, I would say reluctantly right-wing anarchist, but willing to be pra practical in regardless of what, of what the route to liberty is, right? So you can be like, oh, well, you can't vote your way to freedom. Well, then look at Florida, right? So I will say this. I I don't think voting is moral. I will vote right down the ballot if I lived in a state where it mattered. Um, and I say reluctantly right-wing anarchist because I feel like I the right-wing wouldn't actually like culturally want me um, but at the same time, it's more about the people I would want to push away with that label and then the people I would want to attract, if that makes sense. So when you say you're an anarchist, 
there will be plenty of people with whom you might get along and all of the people that you want not to share or communicate to you with or an identity with would back off you. Um, so right-wing anarchist willing to vote Republican if I didn't live in Massachusetts. Fair. Mark, yeah. how do you, uh, other than, other than uh, being a neo-Nazi white supremacist, <laughs> how do you, how do you kind of align yourself? I don't know how to answer this question anymore. <clears throat> uh, I know, right? <laughs> I know much has been made about post-libertarians and whether that's a noun or a moment or whatever, but I, I mean, I don't really agree at being called that because really the way I just look at it is I'm not a libertarian anymore. That doesn't mean that... Um, out of the last, the last show we did for our morning show, Justin, I said I probably align closer to monarchism than anything, but I'm not like, that's like also living in a fantasy land is at this point in time, as like most people who live in Encapistan on their heads. But if I were to align to something, it would be more of like respecting the political culture of the land that you live in and perhaps not like turning it into some sort of bureaucratic state and uh i'm a blood and soil monarchist we'll just go with that so because i've had all day to think about how i wanted to kind of kick this episode off and i, and I kind of wanted to to do it in this manner i've had most of the day to think about it and i still haven't come up with a very good answer for <laughs> for the question itself even though it's my question <laughs> uh but like Mark was saying, like I, I probably tend to align more post-libertarian, but I don't know that that's particularly a political philosophy or a political alignment so much as it's just sort of a thing that's happening. So I guess the uh, the hodgepodge of of uh, buzzwords that I came up with was I would put myself as a right libertarian anarchist because that's I, I'm not. I'm a right libertarian in that I believe in a lot of the uh, the idealistic principles of libertarianism as it was intended and as it was kind of founded, which is more conservative and more right wing than this current iteration of libertarianism that is the uh, the birds and the ones who have been running the libertarian party for the last twenty plus years. Yeah. And and then I I throw that anarchist tag on there because at the end of the day I really don't have any respect for any authority other than uh God and my own. So maybe my dad, depending on my mood of a conspiracy theory. So that's where I kinda got a lot of my uh my anarchy and my questioning of everything all the time. Um <laughs> I um I, I also feel like I mean for somebody like me who's I mean there is a lot to go into it but I feel like there are a lot of daddy issues jokes to be made I'm like and and I feel like I'm such a lot I'm like no I really like my dad he died when I was 21 but I didn't feel like there was any like there was no like lack of closure everything was fine with us. Like I just kind of accepted my day, my dad for the way that he was, and I liked him the way that he was, and 
and there's nothing else to like add to that if you're like no there must be something you're like no Ricky and I never really talked about politics, but but my dad was such a like, leave me the fuck alone. I want to just smoke outside and fix shit when it's broken. Otherwise, don't bother me, person. I'm like, okay. And that's it. You know? So did y'all, or did you, Masha, mm-hmm. uh, grow up in Massachusetts? Or, I mean, I know you didn't like grow up in Massachusetts, but like, as far as like, your parents were you were your parents stateside? Uh, I'm not so, uh, not a hundred percent clear yeah, on your entire yeah. background. So I grew up in Moscow, Russia. We moved to California when I was ten, and we moved to the Bay Area, which actually kind of like led the way to a lot of to how I identify politically. Because you know, like you move from the former Soviet, you, like you grew up in the former Soviet Union, it becomes Russia. Um, yeah, you know in your heart of hearts, like as the core truth of the world, that communism is bad. And you move to the Bay Area in California and you know, you're like, I don't know what I am, but I'm not one of you because I just came from a place that you're idealizing and it's bad. Um, and then I went to college in San Francisco, which is like as lefty as it gets. But in college, I I was 17. I met a man who told me about Ron Paul and Ayn Rand. And he was like, you're not a confused person. You're a libertarian. I'm like, okay. And then um, and then for the longest time, I was just like, okay, I'm a libertarian. Like, this makes sense. Like, these principles make sense. Government bad. And then it took me from, like, 17 to 24 till I moved to Massachusetts. Like, I moved to Massachusetts when I was 21 from the Bay Area. It took me till 24. Um, I listened to a lot of like Stefan Molyneux at 23. And Stefan Molyneux kind of primed me a lot with the state. And then it would actually, you know, he talked about the state. The state is bad. The state is responsible for all of these social issues. So I've been really primed well with that. And then I think like, like on like Free Man Beyond the Wall, like Pete talked about, um, I don't even remember the guess he had on, but they were just talking about, well, government bad, no government better, right? Like, oh, well, that logically makes sense, right? So I feel like I had from 17 to 24, I had such a long stint as like, I'm a libertarian, because that that's what made sense to me. And then only after like a lot of Molyneux as a primer, and then like one podcast with Pete, I was like, oh, okay. Like government bad, no government better. So that, I guess that's kind of my past, you know? Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, I guess I kind of, uh, as far as the analyst side of things, um, I've always been kind of a history buff. Mm-hmm. And I've especially always really liked Roman history. And so, like, when I was in high school and really, really into Roman history and really looking at it, I was, I was like, having conversations with my dad while we cooked breakfast in the morning and stuff about how, like, the United States at this point, it really kind of mirrors uh, the last 50 to 75 years of Roman Empire and kind of the way that it built itself up to its collapse and, and everything like that. So, like, since high school, I've been saying, like, we are Rome. We, we are about to witness the fall of Rome in our lifetimes. And uh, you know, being that crazy person, so, so I... 
like I've, I got on board with the, I've said it a few times, like I, I got on board with the, with the George W. Bush uh, campaign in 04 just because, I don't know, everybody goes through their knee and, like it, and uh, I needed to get that out of my system. But like, aside from that, I, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, a use for governmental type stuff. And then I went through my neocon phase. I guess I was idealistic enough that I thought we could change the state of Kentucky by putting good Republicans in office. And at least one of those guys is still in office and he is actually a legitimately good Republican, mm -hmm. but it's the state of Kentucky. So uh, they don't really have a huge amount of challenge. So they can be bad Republicans because they're still better than the Democrats. And they don't have to worry about losing because they're not going to lose to the Democrats. So it's the same, same problem we have here in Indiana. So, you know, I, I've kind of, uh, I, I lost that utility for, for the Republican party pretty quickly yeah. after, uh, after delving into it, just, just from seeing how politics actually work and getting a chance to rub elbows with, with, legitimate politicians on the on the state and national level so uh and anarchy is always kind of my, my fallback i i have a question i guess i'd be directed <clears throat> towards both of you is this open forum justin or are you leading this interview no have at it okay this is a this is a conversation that kind of centers around the 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 ideas of both sides being equally bad. And also I wanted to talk a little bit about the neither left nor right uh, yeah. wording yeah, well, that libertarians like to use. This, I guess this relates to both of those things. And since you both sort of identified as right-wing anarchists, right-wing libertarian types, on one side you have, I guess the folks in the VLP trying to save the word libertarian. And as you said, Justin, it started off more right-wing and these loons that have been in charge of the LP especially have turned it into something that it wasn't intentionally devised to be. But you could say the opposite is true of the term anarchist, right? Like right-wing anarchism didn't really, like there wasn't really a definition of it until Rothbard devised anarcho-capitalism and then Hoppe lays it out pretty well and uh, democracy, the God, the fail in his covenant communities and whatnot. But is there sort of a conflict there between turning the, the term libertarian more right wing while you've also maybe tried to subvert, not you, but people have tried to subvert anarchism into more of a right wing concept when historically it's always it's typically been left wing. And maybe the people that, you know, subverted the word anarchism had done it better than the people that are trying to take back the word libertarian. Oh, yeah, it seems like that, yeah. for sure. Although, so when you, when you, you, when you would still a... say anarchist, people are still saying, like, an army would still stink, Antifa. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but... I guess, is there a conflict when you two kind of identify as anarchists? when you think of the histor the historicity of that word? I would never tell a normie that I'm an anarchist. I would tell a normie that I'm a libertarian, or I would even specify right-wing libertarian when I'm talking to like 
some when I'm talking to like libertarians, you know, conservatives, then I would say I'm an anarchist. I would never tell a normie that I'm an anarchist. They're gonna think I'm one of them, or they're gonna think I'm a cooler version of them or something. I, I I'm not, you know. Um, so, so I, I do like I do actually I do actually lead in and tell people that I identify or that I uh, politically align as an anarchist. And I kind of use that as a litmus test for how this conversation is going to go and how much um, time I'm willing to put into talking to this person. Because if, the, if I say that I'm an anarchist and I get some, uh, like, oh, you're an Antifa, blah, 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 then I'm like, yeah, you probably don't understand anything else that I'm going to talk about from this point on. So we'll just go with, no, that's really not what it is. And, and, uh, We'll move on. But if there's legitimate questions about, well, what do you mean by anarchist? And then I can start to explain what it is um, and what we mean, like what, what Masha and I mean by anarchist and what is kind of maybe not has been uh, traditionally or historically what we use anarchist, but more of the what we see as anarchy through libertarianism i can have an, a more expounded excuse me a more expounded conversation about it and for instance um we're asking kind of about the different terms and stuff so like when i first started looking at libertarianism and really thinking about libertarianism as a political ideology that that might be something that was up my alley um i looked at it at and the way that I viewed it was this is conservatism done the right way. Like not, not the way, you know, Republicans are conservatives, like libertarian, the libertarian ideals and principles as, you know, Murray Rothbard kind of founded it and wrote about it. That's conservatism done right. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of how I looked at it. But then like once I discovered it, and really started looking into it and i saw what the libertarian party itself was i was like yeah i have absolutely no use for these fuckers like they're that's that's a complete joke so so like my entire the entirety of my involvement with the libertarian party has been over the last two years or so because we had the rainwater campaign here in indiana which was really impressive donald rainwater was a fantastic candidate for governor um we actually have a really good Indiana State Libertarian Party, so I've remained involved in that to some extent. Uh, seeing kind of those coming out of the or coming, uh, you know, with the wave of the pandemic, the Mises Caucus push in 2020 and all of that, uh, that really got me energized. So, like, that's been the entirety of my Libertarian Party active uh, activity and, and kind of involvement. And uh, the the post libertarian movement might have caught me up, or just kind of, or just kind of uh, having a little more time to look at things and kind of see the direction of things. It's uh, I see some of the things happening now with this whole uh, whatever's going on, however you want to define it. I see some of the same things with that that I saw within the Republican party 
when I was active in that in the early 2000s. And it's just not something that I have any interest in. So, so I'll do things locally and I'll do anarchism my way. And I'll talk to people about the ideas of libertarianism and I'll talk to people about the ideas of anarchy and, and how to, you know, have a, uh, how to, how to take hold of your own life and, and kind of build the things that you want around or in spite of, you know, the government and what it's doing. But as far as like actual politics itself, uh, I'm definitely, definitely more anarchist than anything at this, uh, early on. And then uh, now again, at this point, I love saying I'm an anarchist to like Republicans that I meet and I, most Republicans in Massachusetts, I would not call normies, you know, like, you know, despite any normie instinct, if you're like coming to a, you know, conservatarian meetup, which I think is like, I think is more important than the LP is like just people organizing meetups where it's like, Hey, we're going to do this at my house. Even if I don't know you just come. Right. And so you just have a range from like Trumpy people to me and my boyfriend will be like, yeah, we're anarchists, right? But like the fact that when, and especially when things are like locked down, you don't understand how magical it is when most people are afraid to go outside without their masks on, they'll just be at a huge house party eating soup and pie, you know? And, and that's kind of how I think my life socially just held together is that I made a meetup, other people made meetups and people of like-minded affiliation came together and our like-minded affiliation was like, we want to have some soup together without masks on, right? And so to, to like those people, when you say that I'm an anarchist, they really listen because like, well, you're one of us. You showed up here without a mask on. You seem nice and reasonable and you brought cookies and, you know, and then it's like the perfect way to, you know, because then they will be like, well, I disagree. I don't think it, it can work. But then they like you and respect you because you already have the personal in, you know. And that's what I really like doing it. So I, I don't want to say that I don't tell anybody I'm an anarchist unless I'm on Twitter, but just like to your average like person, I wouldn't want to go into it. I also wouldn't want to tell them I'm an anarchist and then have them think, oh, you know, you're like a super lefty, you know, and think of it as a good thing. So we do actually have some viewers on Twitter, which the, uh, the Twitter comments don't show up on the, the yeah. scroll over here. Uh, we have, we have uh, the Adam Femdom Cokehead account. He says, I will 100% tell a person I'm an anarchist. It's like pulling a Band-Aid off. And that's kinda... that's actually a comment of why I made my follow-up. It's because I was like, oh, I'm not a coward. It's more just like I would rather save it for people that will appreciate it. Maybe. There. Yes, yes. Uh, I get that. So, okay, so let's... Both I guess what you're you're describing though is you were fine with talking about I guess being an anarchist within this specific community because you already kind of shared these these yeah, same values because and we have agreed on this like you so like for example like the other day like some people that I met through that like meetup joined me and a friend in New Hampshire and we all went shooting and like one of them was saying when Masha said she was an anarchist I was so shocked because we have all these things in common but then this I'm like those 
those things matter more than how we identify, you know? Like the fact that we were <laughs> eating soup while the rest of the city was quarantining. Like that matters more than what we think of our ideal government should be like, because odds are in my grandchildren's lifetime, it's not gonna happen, right? Like, like the, the like the the people coming together for house parties and board games and hikes and stuff like that when other people were like reluctant to meet new other people like that matters more and that's kind of the like that's culture and that's way more important yeah culture culture is probably one of the most important like it's more important to me than like politics which i mean politics and culture go together hand in hand for yeah. sure but this is why i focus more on that in like the way that I talk or my writings or whatever, it's because there's more, and this might not be a good, nice word for people who identify as anarchists, but there's more power in culture. Yeah, definitely. Um, even like your, like your community that you're describing here, not everyone um, necessarily has the same political views or the view of the state as, as you do, but you could potentially set up a hoppy and light community where you all would uh, get along a whole lot better um, as opposed to if you were living in some blue city, right? Yeah. And maybe even some rules would be set up. Yeah. And, and you know, you know, like I, I was, you know, thinking I, I, this comes up in my mind all the time. So it's actually another friend who went like shooting with me that day, you know, like he will say, I'm not a libertarian. I'm a conservatarian at best, right? But also, like, that friend, he is an NRA instructor. He, We had a day when I managed to cram 10 people into this room, which involved, like, three to four people sitting in, in my bed. And he just held a class where he did what was required to teach. And then everybody at the end of it got, like, a sheet of paper that says, hi, you've, you know, completed the safety course for handling a gun, and now you can apply for a gun license, right? Not to say that licenses from the state are good, but most practically, most people will buy a gun if they have a license for it, right? And I'm thinking, like, you don't believe in no state, but you've probably done the most useful thing for fighting the state, is that you moved, like, 10 people closer to getting a gun. And you're like, okay, well, then we go shooting together, then I'll teach you, right? And I'll, like, I'll invite him to shooting because I'm going with friends. But in the past, it was like, I'm like, oh, how do I do this? Like, here, I will take you shooting for the first time and I will show you, right? Like, it doesn't matter what he believes about the ideal state of government. Like, that moves us closer to whatever freedom in whichever form we hope to see, you know? I'm not sure if I'm making sense or not, but. Yeah, yeah no, that makes sense. Um... I I guess I maybe view like this whole this whole thing differently because or not differently but the whole like arming yourself so that you can better fight the state or whatever I guess I would look at it from the perspective of I'm gonna I want my community to arm itself so that I could protect itself from outside yeah, invaders better or 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 just like and I'm not sure if it's fighting the state but it's like instilling the idea in people that they are competent of defending themselves or that you know or you know or just like or or, or just like instilling gun culture because right? i feel like gun culture is easier to achieve if you feel capable of handling it you know mm -hmm. 
I, you look at yeah. like I think what happened in Waco is awful mm -hmm. and what they what they set up they should have been allowed to, to set up their own community or whatever but i think part of what happened there versus what happens with like the amish community say like the amish aren't like outspoken against we're fighting the state we're it's our rules not your rules like they just do their own thing right um versus where like the what happened in waco like they were kind of more outspoken and i'm not definitely i'm not saying like what happened to them, what happened to them is awful. But I think there, we kind of get caught up sometimes in revolutionary talk as yeah. opposed to just like building something side by side. Yeah, and and you know, like I um, so my mom laughs at me now every time I mention it. But I talk to her about how my boyfriend and I want to move to New Hampshire because we want to have a family and we want to have a family in a free state. And the best way for me to describe the free state project to my mom is to compare it to the Amish or the Orthodox Jews in New York, where I was like, so you know how the Amish and the Orthodox Jews kind of like, they have a lot of inter-community connections where like, hey, this is the realtor that deals with our client. Here's a store that deals with our client. Here's a landlord that deals with our client. Like, here's how we can, you know, amass in this area and vote a certain way so we can vote in our favor just by like not you know just by like sheer number within the local area to or like homeschooling pods you know like here i will teach the kids this day you'll teach the kids tuesday our neighbor will teach the kids wednesdays you know things like that and it's like Right. They're not trying like so there are some people that like, well, New Hampshire should, you know, secede, but there are plenty of people that are just like, well, in the meantime, I want my kids not to grow up around other kids in masks and hang out with normal people and not go to a government school and make sure that we can all homeschool and then raise their kids at these in this community, you know, like things like that. And because I feel like I think most people when they say they they don't want to stay, they're like they're not saying, Well, I'm gonna take up arms tomorrow. But it's like what's the best thing you can do to create basically a parallel society where the existence of the state matters less, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right, so <clears throat> this is we've gone a lot longer on kind of our uh political leanings than i yeah. than i thought we would but that's good like this has been a um this has been an excellent conversation that i, I wasn't expecting to get out of this entire conversation so what do you I expect from us justin uh, you, you know, gave us topics we kept talking you, you didn't you know I, I honestly never know on these live streams what is going to actually come from it i just yeah. like uh like the first couple that we did were more of a joke than anything. And we ended up having some of the best conversations I think I've ever had. So, you know, um, I just throw it out there and get people together to talk. But this has been fantastic. But I do want to kind of guide it back because um, at least for the COVID side of thing, both of you have definitely lived in much more blue controlled, um, more locked down on that end of the spectrum type of situations than than what I did. Um, now, and that's not to say that our uh, rhino of a governor was good on COVID, but 
it wasn't as bad here as it was, especially in say Michigan or uh, Massachusetts. So, so let's talk about the original tweet that kind of spurred this whole thing. It's the, the people who write about both sides being equally bad, evil, whatever. I wonder where in America they live and how much global homo biofascism affected their lives. Let's talk about how much that affected y'all's lives and kind of how that shaped your view on this both sides are bad argument. Do you want to go first, Rick? And where in Michigan do you live, if you feel comfortable reviewing that? Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm like on the west side of uh, Michigan. So I'm actually close to a city called uh, Grand Rapids, which is okay. actually quite, um, it's a red, it's, it's pretty red. It's a, the second biggest city in the, in the state. Um, so obviously people living with, within the, the city are urban folk, right? But all of like the suburbs around the city are quite red. Um, and I, they, like this portion of the state voted for Trump in 2016. They voted for Trump in 2020 as well, but it didn't necessarily show on the, uh, returns on the TV screen <laughs> as accurately as what it really was, in my opinion. Uh, but still, like, yeah, we, uh, Michigan, uh, Whitmer was probably the third worst governor, third or fourth worst governor during COVID. Luckily, like I said, I do live on the west side of the state, so I didn't have to experience it as badly as perhaps the folks over on the east side. Uh, but we did have things shut down uh, for quite a bit longer. I was going to say quite a bit longer than we needed to. We didn't need to shut down at all, but a lot longer than a lot of other states. Uh, there were two two major shutdowns, obviously, like the first one, and then there, there was another one in the fall. Um, and I don't know if people remember this, but the very first COVID um, like protests actually happened in Michigan, in Lansing. Mm-hmm. So I had, and then like a lot of these people are folks that you would probably find on the side or a lot of people that were at that uh, protest were people you would find on like, this, around where I live. I drive around now, like I don't think they're, unless they steal the election from <laughs> the Republican that wins this fall, like I don't see how there's any chance Whitmer would get uh, reelected because people are pretty much done with her after that and also after, after the whole false uh in the false entrapment scandal from the fall of 2020 as well like I, i'll drive through the country and not even far from the city and there will be fuck whitmer signs or bitchmer signs and it's like all this stuff so hopefully we do see a real or i do see like a realistic uh backlash from what she like inflicted on us during 2020 yeah. um and also like with if this Roe Ro v. Wade thing happens, like Michigan is one of like the pre, the pre uh, COVID or pre uh, abortion ban states. So if it does get turned back to the states, like Michigan already has an abortion ban in place, which kind of tells you like the political culture in Michigan, like it makes sense that they would vote for like Obama over over Romney or Obama over McCain because they are like Obama posited himself as more like working class than these guys. But it also makes sense that they'd vote for Trump over uh, Hillary because they're they're union people, but they also are more culturally conservative around here. Yeah, and it makes sense. So uh, yeah, like especially on my side of the state, like 
I didn't have to deal with it as bad in that than in the more like blue parts of the state. But um, I actually like took a trip to North Carolina in 2020, which was definitely, which is definitely more red than Michigan, but I went to a blue part of that state and it was interesting mm-hmm. because it's like I was in Asheville, North Carolina, and it was worse. Oh there. yeah, it was worse that, there than blue. here in my area. So yeah, very interesting to to see even like regions and states, not just state by state, how uh, things were very different. And so here, was I mean, I live in Boston, Massachusetts. Like the you could think of San Francisco, California, and New York, New York. You yeah. know, but. Um, I will preface with this. I was very fortunate that I, I changed jobs. I found a wonderful right-wing company. I went blue collar that changed my life. Um, that was wonderful. I never have to fear the vaccine mandate coming back because if it happens, like nobody's going to force me. Right. Yeah. Um, the, I think it is very, very special to find a right-wing company when you live in a sea of blue. Um, I was going to say, for yeah. you, it's probably very, like, very personally relatable, the, the fact that there is a difference between the two sides, because... At least, I don't at least give from a, a shit if we have a thin blue line sticker on our fridge and our parking lot is full of cop cars. These are people that are helping me live my life in a way that I want to. And they don't give a shit if I'm vaccinated or if I'm not wearing a mask. Or like, these are the people that will stick by me when the next lockdown comes. Right? I don't give a fuck about all cops and bathrooms anymore. Because like, this is the community that's helping me just do what I want to do and live a good life, right? There is no two sides the same anymore. Like this is the side that is giving me a, a living in a community that I, where I feel like, like another community where I feel like I'm accepted, right? So, right. So right, I kind of, but, yeah. I, I kind of feel like the, the two sides argument yeah. because we're both talking or all three of us, yeah. we're, we're all kind of talking more. But can uh, I tell you how bad Boston is? Yeah, go for it. Um, it's like, like, I will, I preface with that, right? I'm very fortunate. Like, uh, I didn't have to be like, well, I am either getting a vaccine or I'm unemployed. Um, but Boston's bad. Like, you know, I, it's just a constant struggle to do daily shit. Like you walk into the grocery store, like, I mean, now it's all been lifted. So now it's fine. But you know, for a long time, like every time you go grocery shopping, you're like prepared to fight the manager and be like, are you going to drag me out or can I just pay? Right. Every time you go on the train, you're like, are you going to drag me out or can I just ride? Right. Like it's like every time it's a choice to be like, am I ready to yell back at people today or ignore people today? Like I had a woman that was like trying to physically shove me out of my bus seat because I wasn't wearing a mask. Right. Like, or, you know, or like, when you well, or like there was a phase when you began to enter restaurants and bars like papers I'm like bye you know like yeah but 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 also what it was kind of wonderful like i we went to a place in salem and my friend um and and 
and a friend of mine was like the waitress asked us for our like vaccine cards and my friend tony said we don't do that and we just kind of looked at him it's like oh okay and she just had us done right which is almost a baller move because i was just prepared to leave right but like it's like every interaction is this little try to figure out like how far will these people go will they seat us will they not seat us right or just being like when i say to the train conductor i'm like either call security or drag me out you, you have to be like is he going to will i be late for work you know like it's just like the tyranny of all of these most of all of these small choices you make because you've decided you're not going to comply it weighs on you so that's what I would say it was a difficult part of living in Boston through this time is that like all of every time you go to a grocery store, every time you go on the train, it's like this constant thing of being like, I need to be a bitch back so people don't feel like they can push me. And it, and it was hard, but now it's mostly fine. But yeah, Boston sucked. It sucked to live in a blue city in a blue state. Yeah, me. I would imagine. Anyway, sorry, Justin. I think he's talking, but he's saying you're on mute. mute, mute. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. She, she falls asleep and turns the TV up as loud as she can get it and then just crashes immediately. So then I can hear it. I can hear it through my headphones. So I had to go turn it down because I don't know if it was bleeding through or not. But I, it was a. It, it was wasn't bleeding through if it makes you feel better. It was distracting the shit out of me. So, so that's where I, I had to go like pop out for just a second. Um, so, so like for here as much as like Indiana is like this super Republican majority red state, we did have uh, mass mandates and mandatory lockdowns and all of that stuff. That Because uh, the unfortunate thing is that Kentucky or uh, well, <laughs> both, but Indiana is such a super majority Republican state that they can just be Democrat tyrants as much as they want. And, uh, not have to suffer any repercussions for that. So like I was kind of in a similar situation where for a while I just, I, I did it to not have to see or to not have to catch any shit. And then after about, after about two weeks of doing it to not catch shit, I was like, I'm, I'm just not fucking with this anymore. Uh, so I started, I started carrying my gun with me everywhere I went and I stopped doing any of that stuff and i surprisingly had only one person who uh, uh seemed to put any consideration into confronting me over my lack of uh cooperation and he came running from across the store to confront me about it and once he got in i shot of the pistol that was on my hip he immediately turned around and went in the other direction so i never had any actual confrontations over my refusal to to wear masks or anything we did we did go into one store and uh it was a very nice young lady who was working at the front door and she said you have to wear a mask in here i said or she said let me get you a mask and i said no thank you i don't do that and she said no you have to have one to come in the store and i said that's okay we'll leave there's literally nothing here that we need uh and that was the end of it like we didn't go beyond that um but so like even to that extent though like when we're talking about the difference between or the similarity between the right and the left, like for as bad as what the Republican governor was when they were on the debate stage, 
the Democrat candidate was arguing that he didn't go far enough, that he didn't do enough, that we should have done more. Like, it was like, and like th this is, this is the, <laughs> this is the difference. It's like actually infringing on your freedoms or just entirely robbing you of any level of freedom. Like the two, these like, are not. Can I ride the bus without getting kicked off or without having a woman try to physically shove me out of my seat? You, right. um, Masha brought up earlier the the thin blue line flag. I mean, yeah. I'm not a fan of that flag either, but if you have like a storefront that has that flag versus a storefront with the black fist like which one is more likely i knew to put as a mask soon as i came in for my interview at my current work as soon as i saw the thin blue line flag on the sticker and american flag on the wall and all like, like military stuff on the wall like i was just like this is my new home yeah or this is my new work home right like i i was very much like i like whatever differences we have i don't give a fuck you know, because like these are the people that are not going to pressure me to get the vaccine for my job. Right. And so like, <clears throat> like I can see where the argument comes from in the uh, both sides are equally bad. Like, I'm sure that the people who are making that argument are exclusively looking at like on the federal level type of bullshit. Yeah. And, and I get that. But if you, like, sincerely believe that both sides are equally bad, you have lived a completely sheltered, like, unaffected life. Because when you get down to it, especially on, like, the local levels, on the state levels. There are Republicans that had soup with me during lockdowns. Right. The two and, sides and they actually are had, not... like, a picture of Trump over the soup being, like, orange soup good. You know? In in you know in the soup was this anyways? It was like some kind of orange. I think it was like squash soup. But I just okay. remember because like we printed out a picture of Trump and like orange soup good. Right. Er, so earlier you said orange. earlier you said soup and pie, and I was like, is that pot pie? Like, is this like no, chicken pot no, pie? No, I mean, but right, this is the thing. We have a lot of mostly older people. You have parties yeah. full of food because everybody brings food. But not soup and pie together, you yeah. know. Like I will often bake cookies and bring pie because I, I I love baking things. So I, you know, um, you know. Gotcha. But like just like the people that ate soup with me versus the people that tried to physically shoving me out of my bus seat. Yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean that's on the the most local level, but I mean really, that's what it comes down to. Like whenever we whenever these arguments are being made, the people who are making the argument that the left and the right are both the same. They're talking about it on this like up high or you know the the highest pinnacle of power positions within Washington D.C. And for as much as those people are absolutely that, how what like what is the actual extent to which those people are having a direct effect on your life? Like they're yeah. they're, they're annoying on TV, but if you live in a red state. The lefties don't affect your life as much. So you say, well, the right and the the sorry, the right and the left, the right and the left are equally bad because of these federal positions, because you don't have to think about them affecting them in your life as much, right? So if you don't live in Boston, you don't have lefties trying to shove you out of your bus seat because you're not wearing a mask. 
So you're less inclined to say, well, the left is worse, right? Maybe that's why, like, because you've already positioned yourself into a better place, but then you would just could acknowledge it. Right? Yes. That's, I, I think that's the thing that, um, that's the thing that kind of triggered this whole thing was looking at that guy who said, you know, it's pro wrestling and all that stuff. It's good cop, bad cop and all of that. Like, right now, who's trying to shove me out of my bus seat? Not the fellow Republican. It, it is a fellow because we would both be maskless on that train. I just happened to look because out of curiosity, just to see if he actually did list it. Um, and he does list on his, uh, on his profile. That he's from Alabama. Yeah. So, and not like Birmingham or one of the lockdown parts of Alabama. Like, he's from normal Alabama. So, so he didn't, he didn't, I mean, he didn't have to experience living in a blue state or a blue area. Yeah. Right. COVID. So it's an, it's an easy position to have when you come from that, that, yeah, both sides are equally bad because. You haven't actually gotten to see how bad the one side can be. And, and, and I'm not even in California, you know. Like I still managed to get away without a vaccine here. Right. I would say it too loudly. They might knock on your door here pretty soon. Okay, so so let's the the other part of this that I kind of wanted to, to take on was this libertarian trope of neither left nor right that's exactly why i identify as right wing even though the right wing wouldn't want me but i cannot stand that so much that i pick a sec it's so cringe like it needs like it just it needs to be burned in a fire so as james says at the federal level the differences between the parties does not change the outcome of federal policy or law at the local levels life is most effective by the differences between the two parties and like that. And that's the big, like, that's kind of the big theme that we've, we've gotten around to with this is like, yeah. Okay. Uh, the fed, you know, the, those in DC, they're all the same. Those in DC are not affecting your day-to-day -day life. Uh, and there is a huge drastic difference between those on the left and those on the right when it comes to having an effect on your day-to-day -day life as as has been very evident in blue state versus red state throughout COVID. And, and honestly, it's, it's to, uh, to some extent over the last 20 years, and you're really going to probably start to see it even to a greater extent here over the next few years, uh, especially with the news of today. With, with I, will, yeah, I will say to that point, though, like I did grant someone this admission today, just today, actually, because I used to argue with her about, Trump's Supreme Supreme Court appointees. It's like, well, they're not going to make that big of a difference. Well, they did. <laughs> they made a pretty big difference. So I was like, you were right about that. I was wrong. So that is one, like, feel how you will about the Supreme Court. But I consider it a win um, and, a, and a step in the right direction. And it was impacted at the highest federal level with Trump. And a, uh, another another Adam uh, Femdom Cokehead comment. Mm -hmm. I'd make the argument that both sides are equally bad if they are graded on the pass-fail scale. So one side can be worse while both are still failing. So I, I can I can I can agree to that. Um, 
like like let's say you know the uh the 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 right is just barely failing but they're still failing while the left is just like gone all the way off the cliff and not even trying to succeed like, Can I make I, another plug for new hampshire go for so it. in new hampshire there's this organization called the liberty alliance which ranks bills based on how pro-freedom they are right so and politicians too so it's, it's not like oh is this person in the, in the lp it's basically like a group of people that are like well think this bill is pro-freedom on like a a minus b plus b etc right and so then it's a good organization that helps like the rest of like the the free state movers in New Hampshire be like, how do we vote on this bill? How do we vote on this person? Right? And, and, and the pass-fail thing is something close to that. I mean, like, are you limiting my freedoms or not? I say, you can make every New Hampshire plug you want to. Indiana is already too far north for my liking, but uh, <laughs> so there's no way I'm going there. But, you know, Mark, Mark lives in the frozen tundra of Michigan, so yeah. you might get him to well, go. Well, here's here's my concern with New Hampshire, and it goes along with where you were leading, I think, yeah. Justin. <clears throat> New Hampshire seems to ha be also divided between your neither right nor left libertarians, your right libertarians, and even some left libertarians. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's too much left. Yeah, and, and, and look, a good friend of mine that chose to move to Arkansas away from Massachusetts in, inside of New Hampshire has made that point. You know, it's like not like everything that's not explicitly right wing is going to slide to, to the left. Like that's his fear, right? Yeah. Um, um, I think I'm willing to take that risk. And, and I also think, I do think that most of the people I've met in New Hampshire are very much the, you know, I like God, I like guns, leave me the fuck alone and let me homeschool my kids with my neighbors kind of people. Um, but also odds are I haven't met the other kinds because they wouldn't want to hang out with me, you know? So there, um, there are a lot of uh, Cato types yeah. that, that got on board with the Free State Project. And like Nick's our work and, you know. Um, but, I, but I guess like, so see, like this is, and I'm not trying to sell New Hampshire uh, you know, just because like I do some work for them, it doesn't mean that I um, am representing them. I'm seeing as somebody that sees my future there, um, as, like somebody that like legitimately has my future like family goal there. Mm -hmm. Is that I think that the greatest thing about New Hampshire is that it, it has a lot of Republicans that have the libertarian shifting the overton window for them right so because and and so what i was saying about the new hampshire liberty alliance that like brings bills and politicians is that because there's such like an ancap influence a lot of the regular republicans get swayed to appeal to the libertarians so they don't boost to the democrats and i think that's like the number one thing is, is that like you you have somebody on the right encouraging the right to shift more towards the right um so and see that's something yeah. that we we experienced post 2020 gubernatorial election here in indiana because the the governor candidate did do incredibly well for the libertarian party and he was um so donald rainwater the candidate i would argue that he was like the old school like rothbardian type of a libertarian candidate like he was 
much more of a true conservative than what the the Republicans who were or you know the Republican who was running was. So so when he got I can't remember what it was, it was like thirteen or fourteen percent of the vote, which was I mean, for a libertarian gubernatorial candidate, that was impressive like beyond impressive i don't i don't know that any libertarian candidate has ever even come close to that prior to that so when they saw that and then coming into 2021 the republican supermajority started to try to push for additional uh requirements for third parties to get ballot access the libertarian party was able to go to some of these uh some of these state state congressmen and state senators and say, look, if you agree or if you vote in favor of this bill, we are going to make sure that whoever primaries you completely fucks you over. Like we will throw all of our support behind. We will make sure that there is a primary candidate and we will throw all of our support behind that candidate to ensure that you don't have a job in this state if you vote for this. And and it ended up dying pretty quickly. Um, so like there is something to be said for that, that uh, having, being able to have that libertarian influence, but at the same time. But it doesn't even have to be, oh, well, primary, if if you don't, it can be more like there is this group of people that's like shifting the belief of what it means to be right wing. Right? So it'd be like, no more, like, no laws, no, like, as opposed to sensible gun laws, no, like, live free or die, motherfucker, right? Like, like just changing the culture so that the right has to shift right right or yeah. even like, like, said, like stuff to be like well reasonable taxes being like but shifting of course being like oh the less tax the better as opposed to reasonable right so well, that's kind of like what i said the people that change culture with with my introduction or yeah. kind of my my introduction to libertarianism was like i i view the libertarian party as what yeah. true conservatism should be and how it should be practiced at least as far as the the libertarian uh principles and ideals go so like being able to to use some level of influence to to move the right in a more true conservative or libertarian uh direction like that's something that you can actually accomplish you're never ever ever going to get somebody on the left especially not a progressive leftist to move anywhere even remotely close to that direction. Like, I, I don't give a shit what your sales pitch is. They will never, they will never ever, like ever come to that direction. Period. I mean, there are people that identify as left-wing that they consider to be Nazis. Well, most of them are. <laughs> well. You know, but, like, but, like, you have, like, some... Well, let's not. You, like... <laughs> Or like Joe Rogan also call himself left wing. Very wise calls herself left wing. Like you have all of these people that are like, I'm still left wing. I'm just not sure how I identify anymore, but I'm still on the left. And then people will be like, No, you're a Nazi, trans hating fascist. Oh, you mean you mean the ones that the left identifies as MAGA Nazis? I thought you meant yeah. like the ones who are on the left who are actually legitimate Nazis. Uh, now I get yeah. what you're saying. All right, that's a, no, that no, makes but, but like sense. right, but like there is no way to appeal to the left because even the people on the left are not considered left enough by the left. You know. Like, maybe. like, there, <laughs> maybe, right? Okay, so when you say we're neither light, we're neither right or left, 
you're hoping that you'd be like, oh, well, I can find middle ground with both sides, right? The left does not find middle ground within itself. There are people that identify as left-wing who do more lefty people are fascists. Yeah, like, I, Joe I Rogan still identifies as left-wing. Joe Rogan still says that Bernie Sanders mostly has it right. Does the left think that Joe Rogan is a leftist? Not even a little bit. Even though Joe Rogan believes like universal healthcare and stuff like that? Like, does the LP think it can outleft Joe Rogan? I'm just wondering how long it is before Bill Maher gets labeled as some right wing, uh, uh, like right wing fascist because he's starting to, to come back around to just like good common sense. Like that's that's the thing that the left does. You said that like there there is no common ground. There is no middle ground. It's either you align exactly perfectly with what they want, or you're a fucking Nazi. Your two-year-old cheater have hormone hormone blockers right now, or you're up for the genocide of trans people. And at least with the right, like you can, you can have a nuanced argument and conversation. Yeah. I have never, at any point, now I'm not going to go that far. Actually, I will go that far because, as it turned out, she wasn't actually a some leftist. She had voted for Trump, so. I have never actually had a conversation with a leftist that didn't turn out to be either that I was misogynistic, homophobic, yeah. transphobic, racist, or some other thing, and there was literally no progress made. Whereas I have had conversations with right-wingers about my uh, anti-police stances and stuff like that, and actually had decent conversations where we can have civil back and forth, and we can come to either a... Uh, mutual agree to disagree or some sort of a middle ground where yes, I can see points that you've made and you can see points that I've made and we can agree that there's a lot more nuance and detail to this than what we had initially uh, put towards it at the onset of the conversation that there, I have never. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. I have thought that our conversations have been civil as well. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had a Republican that didn't treat me well. Let me, uh, I have a question. Uh, Masha, you've been uh, in Massachusetts most of your life in the States. No, so no, so okay. I was in California from 2004 to 2015. So she lived in actual, she lived in actual hill and then she just moved to like okay. faux hill. Yeah, yeah, right. So I was in the Bay Area. So, well, to be more precise, I was in a suburb of San Francisco from 2004 to 2011. That was middle school and high school. And college was San Francisco proper from 2011 to 2015. Okay. And then I moved to Boston for my PhD program in 2015. And then I dropped out and now I drive and wrangle dogs. <laughs> I just wondered yeah. if like, if you had been like on the Eastern, the East sea coast for so long, and you've been like steeped in that culture, not necessarily the east is, i mean the east coast is really left wing but just yeah. even part, part of parts of the right of the east coast and that's why new hampshire appeals to you because that kind of culture is similar uh, whereas yeah. like a silicon valley libertarian moving to new hampshire doesn't make so. as much sense to me so like i i don't know what i would do if i was single but also new hampshire like if i think about like new hampshire versus florida versus texas I like the cold. Um, 
I'm one of those. Russian, so it's fine. Yeah, it's right. Like I'm one of those people that like is not a native New Englander, but when I moved to New England, I was like, yeah, I belong here. Like the people, like still, the people are nicer than they are in Moscow. The people are nicer drivers than they are in Moscow. It's still not as cold. It's still not as grimy. But you're like, yeah, like this is more of like what I'm used to, right? And so I feel like if I was single, like I would have been in New Hampshire like two and two and a half years ago. Um, but I still would have chosen New Hampshire over like Florida or Texas because like, I think I feel like I'm not a native New Englander, but I belong in New England just because of like, actually like the winter. I don't know how to deal with the summer, you know? Um, I, like, I know I'm one of those weird people that are like, so just for context, if I had to choose between winter all year long versus four seasons, I would choose winter all year long. I just honestly don't know how to deal with summer. I go into vampire mode. I I hate it. Well, I mean, this is going to sound weird. I'm not trying to make a, like, yeah. this is definitely not a leftist point, but like climate yeah. actually does affect like the politics of like a community, especially mm-hmm. obviously more back in history than it does now. But like I said, like that. Uh, Most of the revolutions people, happen in the summer, right? What's that? Most of the revolutions in the world happened in yeah. the summer. Yeah, and I'm just talking like yeah. even maintaining order in your community, like in a cold climate, is going to be a lot more different than in a warmer climate. Like there's almost more of a cohesive group in a cooler climate because, like mm-hmm. back in the day, they had to take care of themselves better to in order yeah. to maintain that order or to survive. Whereas in a warmer climate, like it's more you're able to be more of like a individual. Much of vampire mode is white privilege. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I say, like, what well, maybe, like, yeah. maybe the problem with New Hampshire, which I'm not saying, I don't know if there's a problem or not. Yeah. I've never been to New Hampshire, but like I said, it maybe doesn't make sense for someone from the West Coast who's like steeped in that culture to move to the East Coast yeah. strictly because it's the free state and they think that they're going to fit yeah. right in there. Well, that's like for me. Whenever, whenever it's been brought up, like, oh, you should, you should really look at moving to New Hampshire because we've got the Free State Project and yada yada yada. I'm like, yeah, but I can move to Mississippi and basically have the exact same thing for about forty percent of the price. So, like, and and I don't have to deal with uh, cold and snow which I absolutely hate. I'm, I am a Southern country boy. If I can move back to Mississippi and see snow once every four years, <laughs> that is fucking awesome. To me. So like, you and I are very different in our water preferences. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and like, I'm, I hate to say that I'm in the middle because the middle is the absolute worst, but no, I got, I like, I have Southern blood, but when I go, like to the south it's like i am definitely more midwest than i am like south or north or whatever so this is literally the only time in his life that mark will be middle of the road (laughs) (laughs) probably so if i if i did move to like a redder state it would be like a a missouri or something yeah and i feel like like it's really easy for people like well my my free state is the only free state you could ever possibly move to blah 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 and oftentimes like people move to one of the free states because it works for them because their family is close because that's like practical and you know 
Like, I haven't moved yet because it's not practical for me to move right now. Like, I have a boyfriend who I want to move with when I'm ready to buy a house, when he's ready to do the commute from hell down to Boston. Because guess what? There's not going to be a job in New Hampshire. Pays him as well as his Boston job. So, <laughs> and he's going to pay for the house. He is. So, like, when, are, when is he ready to pay it for it? What is he ready to do the commute from hell down from it so we can afford the mortgage on it, right? So yeah, like, I mean that makes a lot of sense. Like it's uh, at least from that perspective, yeah. uh, economics and just uh, actual like geography make make a huge difference. But you know, like, yeah. um, and and I go up all the time, but I go on like a bus for like a weekend to hang out with friends. But like it's. We're not ready to do the commute from hell yet. You know, I would prefer to do the commute from hell together. And so I feel like we, uh, I feel like we really kind of thoroughly covered the, our, all of our individual reasonings for why the whole, uh, both sides are not the same. And, and also kind of the, the right versus left or the neither right nor left thing are kind of ridiculous. Um, do y'all have anything else to add on those? Um, if not, we'll kind of we'll kind of start to wind it down and and uh, get out of here. Uh, like, I feel like we I think I feel like we put a lot of um, good conversation into just the ideas around like how geography and how like you have to remove this conversation from the national level. Like, you have to remove it from the Washington D.C. perspective because that. To what extent is is that legitimately affecting your life? Like uh, your your day to day is going to be much more significantly affected by who's your mayor, who's your sheriff, and who's your governor, and what is the state legislature doing? Especially especially as we see things kind of going forward, where and who's your employer if you're Masha? Yeah, exactly. No, but like, like it, it it honestly is a very big deal. Like who's your employer and when Yeah, Mark Mark actually left his job and uh <laughs> it was it was an interesting conversation that was going up going on leading up to it. Um was my, it because of the vaccine, Mark? Yeah. Well, I mean that was the biggest reason. I was I already had I admitted I had one foot out the door for a little while, mm -hmm. but that was sort of the thing that pushed me out faster than I would have originally gone out. And so like with my company, they were, if, if OSHA or if, uh, if the Supreme court upheld the vaccine mandate and OSHA was going to enforce it, then they were going to enforce it. But um, it didn't seem like through email correspondence and, and everything leading up to that, that the company had a whole lot of interest in that. And no. they definitely weren't rooting for that to happen because uh, as a company, the vaccination rates were incredibly low. And just like yeah. for me personally, um, I don't know that it was literally everybody on my, on my shift, but uh, it, <laughs> they, they wouldn't have had more than two people left over yeah. if, if it had gone through because we were, every single one of us was prepared to, we weren't going to walk, but they were going to, they were going to have to, remove us from the premises like we because yeah. we weren't going to do it uh so so like yeah i mean who your employer is who your who your mayor is who your 
sheriff is, who your governor, what your state legislature looks like, like those, those are much more important and much more influential factors in your life than are the, are the Democrats and the Republicans in Washington, D.C. effectively two sides of the same coin? Sure. sure. Who fucking cares? Like, does it, does it really make that big a difference? I mean, look, we got three Supreme Court nominees out of Trump. And while I, I'm not 100% sold on Kavanaugh yet, and I'm only about maybe 65% on Amy Coney Barrett, when you look at like Trump appointees and, uh, or not, not Trump, um, like Bush appointees and, and older Supreme court appointees, like, uh, Trump actually did a decent job with those and got legitimate conservatives in there. Whereas Roberts is basically a liberal except for in everything that doesn't matter. So, so, you know, it's, it does make a difference to some extent, um, but like the local level is where it makes the most significant difference. And, and you can't just go with that argument of they're both, you know, two sides of the same corner. They're both the same thing. Neither of them is, is better than the other because that's abjectly false in all of our lives, especially. It will be ex extra mad if you say this while you're living in rural Alabama. <laughs> Um, I actually to dwell on the employer thing, like for, as my last word on the neither left nor right thing, like if an anarchist without labels or a neither left nor right libertarian had his or her way and had a more stateless society or a completely stateless society, then your employer <laughs> has a lot of authority, has a lot more authority over you than it does even now. And so you're going to want to be working in a place with a right-wing culture versus a left-wing culture if yeah. these last few years have anything to say about it. Because everything is not inherently right-wing. That's, man, like that. How much value is there on that um, to be in, to not have to worry about that? Like, I... I'm not going to lie, like to some extent, the reason I took the current job that I have is because the job that I had, the previous job that I had, uh, I can see the writing on the wall that I, I don't think the mass mandate has been lifted at, at that company yet, except for if you are willing to provide vaccine uh, proof of vaccination. Um, there was a zero percent fucking chance that I was going to be doing that. So I. I and there was also a 0% chance that I was going to continue to wear a mask when other people didn't have to. So yeah. like I was going to get walked uh, if I had stayed there. Like I, I could see the writing on the wall that that was the culture of that company. Uh, so, you know, that, that certainly played a, a, a significant part in my leaving. Uh, the significant pay increase didn't hurt either, but you know, like that's, yeah. you, you have to look at those things because you know, I mean, there were other factors other than just the pay increase. Like, it's a significantly further drive. There was a lot of convenience in the way my work schedule was there versus the way the work schedule is now. Like, you know, then just familiarity and all of that. But, you know, when looking at that and, and knowing that the vaccine mandate was coming down the pike, it's like, I don't, I, I don't see this as being a long-term employment solution. Uh so, you know, you, you have to make those decisions based on uh, do they 
do they lean right or left? Like it's not a neither right nor left. It's not the the you know both sides are equally bad. Like one side is objectively worse than the other, and and you have to I guess kind of determine what what extent of bad you're able to to tolerate. And yes, I mean like Masha and I both said at the beginning, we're we're more anarchists than anything else. Yeah. But we see the utility in the right as opposed to the complete futility of trying to deal with the left. Yeah. Like you're either going to have a thin blue line sticker on the fridge and you're, or you're going to have a black fist on your fridge. Give me the thin blue line, you know? Well, Sam is already teasing next week's live stream topic. We're going to talk about uh, men's mental health and the, guess he's going to tase his balls or something like that so the, the, the profile picture side by side with that comment yeah i was gonna say <laughs> just pull that back up a second for anybody <laughs> who's listening to the episode anyone who wants an health expert health. on mental health issues then <laughs> maybe think of the scene from the shining when like he's like jack is all pl- all <laughs> like something all tasks and no play yeah all work and no play yeah, makes, makes Jack. Jack yes, exactly. It, make, <laughs> it makes me think of that scene. So now we uh, now that it's been teased, what we're going to be talking about next week, next Tuesday night's live stream, which will be the last one for a few weeks, um, we will talk about men's mental health, and and that is also uh, born out of a tweet. So I'll share that one once we get to that point. I will also be back on Monday to talk about uh, probably sports because that's what I was going to talk about this Monday, and then I decided not to do that. Um, I got sidetracked with the whole Ministry of Truth thing and decided to do a uh, 1984 episode instead. So I'll be back Monday to probably talk about sports, maybe. And then Tuesday, we'll be talking about men's mental health. So if you're a woman, you don't have to tune into that unless you actually want to uh, do something to to have a beneficial or a uh, positive influence on your man's mental health. I know what my audience numbers look like. Like there's maybe a 20% female listenership. So I'm not too concerned about uh, losing viewers on that one. (laughs) I haven't seen the sun in seven days. So I'm going to need that episode. (laughs) So y'all give your plugs and uh, where we can find you and all of your fantastic work. Because Masha always has spicy tweets and Mark uh, occasionally has spicy sub stacks. Give your plugs and then we'll... uh, call it an episode i'm frat and on twitter chirp chirp uh mark metz.substack.com and then at real mark metz on twitter thank you both very much for joining me this has been an excellent conversation uh hope everybody tunes in next week for the next couple ones and uh in the meantime i hope everybody has a great rest of your evening and a great rest of your week y'all take it easy thanks justin